The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Dak Prescott will not be getting a stimulus check this year. Instead, he will be getting $75 million. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. We will talk about the Dak Prescott signing, although we did drop a bonus pod for you last night. Hope you enjoyed that one. But Dave is here. Dave will get to weigh in on Dak Prescott. Uh, We will talk about some other news and notes from around the NFL. Team needs in the AFC and a segment called Let's Not Forget. Let's not forget Christian Kirk had a five-game stretch with six touchdown catches. Uh, Two games later, Kyler Murray re-injured his shoulder and was not the same rest of the season, and neither was Kirk. Christian Kirk currently wide receiver 61 in NFC ADP. All right, Jamie and I are are back. You heard us uh, hopefully in the bonus pod, just five-minute episode on FFT and five as well. Dave, good morning to you. Are you happy about uh, Dak Prescott being back with Dallas? I'm happy for him, and I think it's... It's kind of cool that someone got one over on Jerry Jones. And maybe we could say that a lot of people have gotten over on Jerry Jones when it comes to contracts, Zeke being chief among them. But if they had signed him last year before Deshaun Watson's deal, he probably would have been like right around 35 million per year on average. And now he's up to 40. And this is on a after, you know, breaking his ankle and barely playing in 2020. So expectations are high. Happy for Dak that he's getting paid crazy bank and uh now we got to see if he can just keep up what he's been doing in fantasy for a while all right let's get some rankings out jamie where'd you settle on prescott for now uh fourth okay so that's mahomes one and then what allen two mahomes allen lamar dak four okay dave i got him sixth but there's going to be so much movement in the top six a quarterback that I think that there's a chance that he can end up as high as second by the time we get to the season. Right. Ooh, another franchise tag just happened. Oh, who? Taylor Moten. Okay. Yeah. Panthers tackle. Yeah. Talk about getting, getting the bag. Uh, all right. So throw that in the news and notes segment. You know, something interesting about Dak Prescott, he's been very consistent in terms of, rushing yards per game. He's around 18 or so rushing yards per game. He'll get you around 300 rushing yards. Very consistent uh, touchdown rate. And that's something that, you know, Aaron Rodgers just had, what, like a 9% touchdown rate. This is the touchdown rate for Dak Prescott in five seasons. 5%, 4.5, 4.2, 5%, 4.1. So you wonder, and he's just thrown more and more every year. His attempts, 459, 490, 526, 596, and then last year in the first four games of the season, he was averaging 50.3 pass attempts per game. He was not, yeah, yeah it, it was, <laughs> he was not going to throw 800 times or anything like that. But, um, you know, they, they've just trusted him more with the offense. But if you get a season where he has like a 7% touchdown rate, just an outlier season, uh, you just wonder what that could look like for him. Uh, any, any, I don't know how much time we have to spend on this. I mean, you guys talk about it as much as you want, but Dave, why why sixth? I guess why coming out a little low on someone who two years in a row has been in four point per passing touchdown leagues, top two per game, and I think top four per game in six point. Because I'm I'm not sure if he's going to keep up what you're what you're saying. I think that there is room for him to fade a little bit now that he has gotten paid, and I like the other quarterbacks upside a little bit more assuming their situations stay the same. And I'm sure we'll talk about that, especially with Buffalo today. But Arizona, if if they keep doing what they're doing and they keep improving like they're doing and they add a receiver that'll hurt Christian Kirk and maybe impact DeAndre Hopkins, that'll help Kyler Murray. Deshaun, we just don't know where he's going, but I know he's a damn good football player who puts up huge numbers in his own right. So I, I it, it's, the, it's the trepidation of him coming back to earth, 
after getting paid and he's coming back from an injury. And I think that that matters a little bit too. Okay. Probably matters more than getting paid to be honest. I wonder what would happen for the top six to change, not the order, but the, the big six, should we call it that? Sure. Yeah. All right. Big six. You could call it the pick six. The pick, the pick six. That's so much better. Yeah, I don't know if you want to do that with quarterbacks. I don't know if I want my fantasy <laughs> okay. quarterback. But we're picking from these six. I, I, know, I know what pick six means, but I'm just saying. I, I think it's clever. I I think it's funny. Uh, all right, pick the the pick six here of Mahomes. Ooh, I don't. Know, I gotta get used to that. Mahomes, you can Allen, go with uh, Super Six. All right, we'll we'll work it. How about we'll the listeners? The listeners can come up for the six pack. Whatever you think. What's that's we what it should refer be. to these top six quarterbacks: Mahomes, Allen, Prescott, Jackson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson. Jamie, what's it gonna take for someone to get into the six pack? And um, bump someone in that group down to seven or something. Like, can you see a scenario where Herbert or Rogers or Hertz, somebody jumps into the top six? Yeah, it's it's not necessarily so much jump, somebody jumping in. It's Deshaun Watson saying he's going to sit it out until the Texans trade him, or you know, he gets traded to uh, a really bad situation where there's you know, a rebuild or just a lack of receivers, or you're just, you know, not sold on him being better than let's say Rogers, who's coming off an MVP season and was the number one fantasy quarterback, or like the three young guys you mentioned of Herbert Burrow and, and uh, Jalen hurts, you know, those three guys, or, you know, people just fall in love with Trevor Lawrence and they, you know, end up drafting a guy, signing a guy, you know, signing two guys, maybe, you know, receiver and, and, and Hunter Henry, let's say, and then they end up drafting a receiver and, and just really reloading this receiving core, you know? So, um, it's more so I think the, the Deshaun Watson situation of him falling out or maybe Russell Wilson gets traded. Yeah. Okay. A, a so that was, I needed to mention that mm-hmm. because that's the big flaw here is Russell Wilson. He's actually, he's actually in the seven pack for Heath. Wilson is six for Heath and Watson is seventh where you guys have Wilson ninth. So, uh, you know what? And, and if you look at NFC ADP, let me read you ADP right now. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Herbert five, Rogers Ooh. six, Watson seven, Prescott eight. So I'm not sure. I don't know if we still have a six pack, but I do think that Mahomes, Allen, Prescott, Jackson, Kyler, Watson, pretty consistent. Th- I think that's going to be a pretty consistent top six for a lot of people in some order. Uh, Heath has Russell Wilson in there ahead of Watson. Some people might go. I don't. I really don't feel like fantasy analysts are going to have Aaron Rodgers, as crazy as that sounds, in their top six, but. Never know. I don't know that many. I only know like three fantasy analysts. I guess four now with Chris. I got to branch you, you out. You talk to Ben uh, Gretch anymore? Uh, ben, Ben's a gambling guy now. You have you have guests on that you know? Yeah, we'll ask them. I was just on Chris Harris's show. He t- we talked about you a little bit. Talked about me? Yeah, your infatuation of him. <laughs> with Chris Harris? I have an infatuation. You don't remember? Not really. That you thought he he was, you know bulked up guy because he worked oh, out a lot. Oh, he's ripped. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he could definitely kick my ass. All right, uh, some questions real quick. Would you rather have... That microphone would kick your ass. Would you rather have Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb, the awesome foursome of the, of the Cowboys, or the Vikings, guys? Cousins, Cook, Jefferson, Thielen, or Dak, Zeke, Cooper, Lamb? Are you talking about for fantasy yeah. or for real life? For fantasy. You got to downgrade a quarterback with the yeah. Vikings, but you got an upgrade at running back you in theory. It from last night. What'd you say? You changed it from last night. I did. I put the quarterbacks in, yeah. Put the quarterback. I would rather have the Vikings group. No, uh, stream with quarterbacks, I'll take the Cowboys. Okay. Would you rather have Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb or Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley? Hmm. Prescott and Lamb. Yeah, I think I'd go that route. Would you rather have Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott or Patrick Mahomes and Clyde Edwards-Elair? Cowboys. You said Mahomes, Jamie? Yeah. Okay, this is the only one that I have a Twitter poll for. And Mahomes, Edwards-Elair, 62%. Dak and Zeke, 38%. That's interesting. I was going to go Dak and Zeke. That's what I would. Yeah. Dave, we're wrong, I guess. Everybody thinks we're, yeah. everyone thinks we're dumb. Well, we're not dumb. Because we have Paramount Plus. And if you don't, you're making a big mistake. Incredible options, live sports, 
Great movies, great TV shows. It's on Paramount+. Plus. It's live right now. It's streaming right now, so go ahead and get it. Really, really inexpensive as well, by the way. Live sports breaking news on Mountain of Entertainment. You can go from game night to movie night with Paramount+. Plus. Stream iconic movies like The Godfather, Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible. New episodes of critically acclaimed original series like Star Trek, Picard, The Good Fight, and The Stand. And get this. It's where you can dive into live sports from CBS Sports. We've got the NFL. March Madness coming up. By the way, stay tuned for our bracket challenge info. Uh, the Masters, Champions League Soccer, all of this on Paramount Plus Plus. Hit shows from CBS, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Smithsonian Channel, Comedy Central. That's live sports, breaking news, a mountain of entertainment. Paramount Plus is streaming now. Team needs is uh, today's topic. Instead of going through every team, I asked you guys just to pick a few teams that you think have a, a very fantasy-relevant need. And Dave, you went with three teams that need a running back. The Bills, the Steelers, and the Jets. The Bills, the Steelers, and the Jets. So my question to you, Dave, is if there's a running back out there, a free agent that you really like, or a, or a guy in the NFL draft, a rookie, uh, which team do you want? Rank those three, I guess, in order of your fantasy preference. Bills, Steelers, Jets. Steelers would be first. I, I, I kind of don't want the Bills to do anything at running back. I know that their general manager talked about it. Sean McDermott's talked about it. They want to get better at running the football, but I kind of want things to stay exactly as they are in Buffalo. Let, let this thing keep running through Josh Allen and, and let those targets rack up for the pass catchers there. But I'm, I'm a little nervous that they are going to add a running back there. I'm hoping it's a big splash either in the draft or free agency so that that running back becomes fantasy relevant, even if it hurts the other options in Buffalo to a degree. Jets would be third. Jets are the one where I'm, I'd am i be surprised just knowing the track record of how the San Francisco guys have thought about the running back position through the years that they would go and spend big on one running back, whereas they can always find two or three guys, mix and match them, and have the run game work that way. All right, Jamie, same question to you. There's a running back out there that you like. You have these three choices for the destination, the Bills, the Steelers, and the Jets. Where are you going? Yeah, Jets will be one by far. Um, I think, uh, as we've seen, they have spent money on running backs, which hasn't exactly worked out for them. So uh, maybe they don't go that route, but, you know, they spent big on Jarek McKinnon a couple years ago. Um, They spent on Tevin Coleman when the the market was basically average for what his, his deal was. Uh, that's a team that's got to address that position in a big, big way because I don't think LaMichael P. Ryan is an every-down guy uh, or at least a featured every-down guy. Um, so the Steelers, I think, would uh, would be second and then the Bills would be third. I think Dave said it best. You know, let, let those guys get a chance to sort of prove themselves. Um, I think Zach Moss is going to be the better of the two uh, over Devin Singletary, but um, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be surprising if they just brought in uh, a veteran to sort of help those two guys. But the Jets, I think, have the chance. The Jets... The Jets starting running back has a chance to be a starting fantasy running back in 2021. I think that would be the case if they did spend on free agency and they, they wound up with Aaron Jones. Sure, right. Yeah. If, and, 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 yeah. It's the same thing that I said with the Bills. Like if they go and they draft ETN or they get Najee Harris, then I think that that type of um, spend, whether it's draft capital or free agency capital, would force them to use that guy 60 plus percent of the time. You brought up McKinnon and Tevin Coleman. I would say that those guys are reasons why they wouldn't spend big. On yeah, but I mean, you said that they haven't done it before, but they have. Yeah, and they messed up doing so. So maybe they've learned from yeah, that I mean, mistake. So is the ownership for the Jets. I mean, you know, getting Levy on Bell. That's well. true. That's true. And that's uh, we'll see what they do. Obviously, if Aaron Jones goes there, I don't think that he would be in a 40-40-20 timeshare with two other running backs. I think he would be the featured guy. And yeah, the offensive line is definitely coming around. It's going to get better. But I just I don't see them doing that, so that's why I didn't rank them first. Yeah, so Dave went Steelers, Bills, Jets. Jamie went Jets, Steelers, Bills. Very different orders there. One thing I like about the Steelers is Mike Tomlin just has a mm-hmm. tried and true track record. Ooh, that was a lot of tease of of running these guys into the ground. I mean, he he likes a workhorse feature back. And even James Conner, his first five, get rid of week one, he left with an injury. The next five games, he was really good. He was on pace for 285 carries and 42 catches. And then things went kind of downhill. They started throwing the ball a ton. They stopped running the ball. They couldn't run the ball. Offensive line is not what it used to be in Pittsburgh. Maybe it has sort of expired. Neither is the quarterback. Neither, neither is the quarterback. Um, but 
you know, his track record is so good with running backs. He just he loves to have one guy. Even when he says every year, "Hey, we're going to split carries. We're going <laughs> to we're going to get other guys involved." He lies all the time. Uh, that's what they do in Pittsburgh. So, uh, Jamie, I was just surprised that you went Jets over Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I'm I'm curious to see what the Steelers will do if they bring in a guy. You know, you're you're hearing a lot of Najee Harris there, which I think would be fantastic. Um, yes, then that would be the number one. Uh, the number one team of these of this trio. Well, that was I guess that was my question. I said, you get to choose the running back. Where do you want him to go? Where's the best? Where, where's the best spot for Aaron Jones or Najee Harris or Travis Etienne or or those three guys? I guess. Okay, yeah. Then Steelers will be one. Jets will be two. Bills will be three. And let's make it clear: we're only looking at the AFC here. We're not talking about yes. Atlanta. Well, we're only looking at these three teams, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> even even better. Uh, the Bills. They just. I mean, in the last three years since Josh Allen's been there. 2018, Buffalo running back scored four touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns. 2019, four rushing touchdowns. 2020, eight rushing touchdowns. Two of them were by Antonio Williams in week 17. So that's, you know, if you eliminate those, and remember Josh Allen came out of that game, that's four, four, and six rushing touchdowns for Bills running backs in their last three seasons. But they've actually had opportunities. They've just been really bad. Zach Moss had eight carries inside the five-yard line and scored twice. The year before that, Frank Gore had 11 carries inside the five-yard line and scored twice. So it's so interesting. If they bring in a good running back who can convert, Josh Allen maybe won't have, you know, seven to nine rushing touchdowns for a fourth straight season. He might only have five. (laughs) Bust. Yeah, like he had nine carries inside the five-yard line. He scored seven times. So much more efficient. Now, I don't know. I didn't do the breakdown of like he had six from the one and and Zach Moss was running from the four every time. I don't know that. But just looking at inside the five-yard line, Zach Moss, eight carries, two touchdowns. Josh Allen, nine carries, seven touchdowns. Um. All right. We're going to go to Jamie's team needs now. Raiders, wide receiver. Dolphins need a running back and a wide receiver. We're going to do that in just a second. Right now, I want to tell you about Grammarly Premium, something I have, something you should use, an awesome, very helpful way to help you with your writing. A few months ago, a friend of mine was applying for a job. He sent me his cover letter, and it was not, it was not very good. He was not going to get the job. Uh, it was, he didn't anyway, but that has nothing to do with the cover letter. Uh, it, was, it just was a mess. So I have Grammarly Premium. I took the cover letter. I, put it, I uploaded it right to Grammarly Premium. And you can, by the way, have this too, and you can get 20% off Grammarly Premium with the pro, with uh, going to Grammarly.com slash FFT, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash FFT. Anyway, I put the cover letter into Grammarly Premium, made it much, much better. Grammarly fixed the grammar mistake. I didn't even notice it. Uh, got rid of some unnecessary words to make it more clear and effective. Grammarly suggested some better vocabulary. So it just spruced the whole thing up, made it a little bit shorter, better communication, and so easy to do. And you don't have to listen to every suggestion, but you're gonna probably you probably will because they give great suggestions with Grammarly Premium. Easy to use and makes your writing so much better. And you can use it for work, you can use it for school, you can use it for personal products. Don't just say it. Make a statement with clear, flawless text that's sure to impress. Grammarly does not just correct your mistakes, it helps you build up your skills as a writer. You can elevate your writing with 20% off Grammarly Premium by signing up at grammarly.com slash FFT. That's 20% off Grammarly Premium, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash FFT. Elevate your writing again, 20% off Grammarly Premium at grammarly.com slash FFT. All right, Jamie, so uh, you've got a lot of teams that need a wide receiver. I'll do the same thing I did with Dave here. So you have the the Raiders need a receiver, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Jets. Now you get to pick of all those beautiful wide receivers in free agency in the NFL draft. Out of the Raiders, Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets, how would you rank those four for a, a wide receiver destination? The Jets would be one just because of the blank slate that I think they're going to have, whether it's Sam Darnold with a new coaching staff or a new quarterback in place. Um I will put the Dolphins second, the Patriots third, and the Raiders fourth. Okay. Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, Raiders, you said? Yep. Okay. Dave, how about you? I think all four of these teams have a number one receiver opening. So it would come down to which teams are the pass heaviest and which ones have the best quarterback. 
these teams don't have really great quarterbacks. Maybe Carr certainly might be the best of the bunch. Depends on who the Jets get. I think I'm going to agree that the Jets are the best. I'm going to put the Dolphins next. I'll put the Raiders third and the Patriots stone last. Why are the Jets the best? Just because they don't have opportunity, the opportunity. And if it's Darnold or if it's Justin Fields or uh, Wilson, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll have a good quarterback option there. Where did you put the Raiders, Jamie? You put them last? I put them last just because I think, you know, with what they have already in place, if they make a splash, which, you know, you've heard Juju maybe as a, as a potential option for them, you know, we'll see if they're in the Corey Davis market, if they're in the Curtis Samuel market, you know, the guys that aren't going to get tagged and have the chance to be free uh, aside from Juju, or if they do spend another draft pick on somebody, but you look at what they're, they're missing right now and they're just missing a number one guy. You know, I think Henry Ruggs is going to end up being a decent number two. Brian Edwards could be a decent number three. You know, they have the tight end already in place with Darren Waller. So, um, you know, and, and you've heard already Mike Mayock come out and say that they'd like to have Nelson Aguilar back, which could obviously happen as well. So I just don't view Nelson Aguilar as a number one receiver. No, but he, he had a really good year. I mean, he did 896 yards and eight touchdowns on only 82 targets. So that's why I thought maybe that would be a more like, like he's not there and you get a better wide receiver. If they can get that out of Nelson Aguilar, um, I don't know. I, I guess I just don't want anybody to go to the Patriots. Everything could yeah, change. Yeah, but, I, but you know, they're obviously they, they made the move to start rebuilding their offensive line. Right. You know, by, by the trade that they had this morning uh, to get Trent Brown back. Uh, you're going to get, hopefully, they have, what, third most cap space in the NFL. Um, you know, so they can spend. It's just a matter. It's, it, it's why I look at the Jets and the Patriots in somewhat of a similar light is they have a blank slate right now. You know, you can redo your mistake or, you know, correct your mistakes from from the previous season or in the case of the Jets previous seasons. Now for the Jets, they may keep Sam Darnold, but again, losing Adam Gase, getting a better coaching staff, getting some better talent around him, I think will help Sam Darnold maybe live up to the expectations of what he was when he was drafted. So to me, I think those guys are are in similar spots, but I do like the Jets situation a little bit better because at least you know what Sam Darnold is. He's, you know, he's better than Jared Stidham and he's better than Cam Newton if they decide to go that route again. And what do you make of the Dolphins receiving core right now, guys? It's, it's all right. I think Devontae Parker isn't going to be that number one stud. The only time he ever was was with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. And Ryan Fitzpatrick looks like he's going to continue playing probably elsewhere. And we think that Tua is going to stay in Miami, just like you know Jamie laid out the case that the Jets are going to keep Sam Darnold. If, if Tua is the quarterback, I don't think he'll be quite as good. And there's already talk about if they keep Tua and they, they still have their third overall pick, that could be a receiver. And that receiver is going to be somebody like Chase or Waddle or Smith in the draft, and that guy's going to be better on day one than Devontae Parker, and he'll be the number one receiver in that offense. And so it, it limits Parker, um, and, and I don't think Preston Williams has just been too inconsistent to be relied upon as, as a reliable receiver in that offense. And I, I'm not sure if there's really anybody else there that can be special, helpful, useful in did, fantasy. Did you I don't see it. Gasicki? I'm not including Gasicki. Okay. I think Gasicki can be good. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, they, are, they are getting, you know, Hearns and, and Wilson back, you know, if they decide to keep them. The two guys who opted out. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Dolphins also as a good spot for a running back. And yeah, I think Miles Gaskin had 41 catches in 10 games. And weeks three through eight, he was on pace for 200. This is when he was really getting his feature work before he missed four games with an injury. On pace for 269 carries and 64 catches. So they show that they uh, will use these guys in the passing game. And yeah, well, uh, so I guess if the Steelers were number one based on those three teams that Dave listed, Bills, Steelers, Jets, would the Dolphins be ahead of the Steelers? Yes. Dave? I don't think... Yeah, they might be. <laughs> I was going to say no, but then you, you just think about it, that if they, they already gave whoever their lead back was in a given week, that person, Gaskins, Ahmed, whoever, had like 60% of the work at a minimum. And if they go and they make a move to bring in Aaron Jones or they draft Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, then that guy's going to have more, I would imagine. Again, it's it's the whole 
free agent capital, the draft capital. What did the team give up to get this player? And it's going to be a lot, so they want to use him. I think that there would be a chance that whoever that running back would be would be like 70%. And the offensive line has a chance to be one of the 12 best in football. And I'm not sure we can say that about the Steelers. I, I, and I think that they'll be run focused. So, yeah, I think the Dolphins are the best. They just got a gift last night, an absolute gift with Isaiah Wilson. If he can play mm-hmm. and they can resurrect him. You're talking about the 29th overall pick from last year's draft who had a falling out with the Titans and they got a first seventh round pick. I mean, it's just, you know, that that may take them out of the, the Sewell conversation at three. It may take them out of, you know, going offensive line in the first round. And now you have your choice to play with adding a wide receiver, adding a running back with their two first round picks or trading down and still, you know, accomplishing that goal. If they don't want to take Chase or Smith, they can get Waddle maybe a little bit later in the top 10 and still get a a superstar caliber wide receiver. And then they can come back in with their second first round pick and the running backs will almost certainly be on the table, one of the two. And so if they don't make a splash in free agency, which again, we talked about this yesterday, Aaron Jones rumor is clearly out there. Um, this is going to be an offense that gets upgraded to whatever level we'll see. Uh, but I do think the backfield gets upgraded. Now, the flip side of that is we saw Miles Gaskin was a pretty good fantasy option. You know, so if they don't go that route and they don't yeah. go address that position, then, you know, Gaskin's in, Gaskin is a uh, certainly a capable number two running back with number one upside, especially in PPR. Think about this, by the way, in the NFL draft. The top 10 could conceivably have We'll have one left tackle, as Jamie just mentioned. Maybe five quarterbacks. I'll say four. Uh, maybe three wide receivers and a tight end. I mean, there's a possibility that the, all 10 picks are offensive players. Yeah. That well, you're hearing a lot from like the draft guys that it's a terrible defensive draft just in terms of what the talent is at the top. Uh, there's going to be a lot of guys that are clearly NFL caliber players and you know probably one or two Hall of Famers come out of this that we just don't expect going into it right away. But... It is very top-heavy on the offensive side, mostly at the skill player position and the quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> How awesome you know, is I, that I for, for us, right? I don't it's know who, huge. Who, it might have been Daniel Jeremiah who tweeted it yesterday that said, if you ask you know, player personnel people around the league, the one guy who seems like a surefire Hall of Famer right now is Kyle Pitts. Hmm. And hmm. You know, he could be a difference maker in just how the draft unfolds. You know, I mean, if he goes in the top five, which would be unprecedented, but um, it'd be interesting to see. From my perspective, you know, just personal thing here, I I don't recall seeing a wide receiver as good as Devontae Smith. You know, I I'm just blown away by him, and I know well, he's the guy who may go ahead of him is Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I'm looking too. I'm looking at our prospects. Yeah, no, Jamar Chase terrific. I haven't seen him play in a year because uh, he opted out. But I'm looking at the CBSSports.com prospect rankings. All of the top ten players, except for Micah Parsons of Penn State, he's the only defensive player in the top ten. But Jamar Chase is number three. And Jalen Waddle is number eight, and Devontae Smith is number nine. So he could be the third wide receiver off the board because he's 175 pounds. And the only comparison that people make is Marvin Harrison, a very similar height and weight in college. But that's the only one. I mean, he's very small for a wide receiver or, you know, a guy that you want to be your number one franchise wide receiver. But my God, is he amazing. I mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe how good he was. So I, I'm interested to see... I'm interested to see how he does in the NFL. I, I'm i so excited for him on the next level. And the, the fact that there are two wide receivers that could go ahead of him tells you how good Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle could be because Devontae Smith just won the Heisman Trophy. And he had like 200 yards in the national championship game, and he left with an injury. It was insane. It is, it's absolutely fascinating for the Dolphins because you have the chance to pair Tua with two guys that he knows mm-hmm. in Smith and Waddle or give him the guy who might be better than both those guys. In, in Jamar Chase. And so it's just, they, if they stay at three, you know, it's, it's again, with the Wilson trade, probably tells you what they're going to do. Um, but who knows? Maybe they want to go another offensive lineman and just completely dominate that, that position, which they could. If the Dolphins don't take Sewell at three, then they seem like the most likely team to trade down, right? And they could still get another receiver. Right, they exactly. Go from three to six. Presumably, yes. they trade with the team. You're hearing a lot of Somehow, Carolina some moving up. Right, Carolina moves up to get their quarterback, but that would be eight. Then, I think they could still get one of those receivers. Oh, for sure. Hits at eight yeah. pretty yeah. easily. Right. 
Uh, NFL draft is going to be so fun this year. Cannot wait. Jamie says these teams need a tight end. The Chargers, the Titans, the Patriots, the Jets, the Bengals, and the Jaguars. Chargers, Titans, Patriots, Jets, Bengals, Jaguars. Where do you want to see a tight end, a free agent tight end, a Hunter Henry or something like that go? Well, I think, you know, you've, you've seen what, uh, you know, the tight end can do for the Chargers. Now, we didn't see a huge season for Hunter Henry. We didn't see a huge season for John Smith either, but both those guys certainly have the potential. Um, or th- those teams have the potential to, you know, lean on those guys. The Titans tight end group was was not bad, you know, in the games where John didn't show up or was hurt. They still got production there. And Ryan Tannehill's track record with tight end is pretty good. Um, the Patriots and Jets, it's, I, I would say the same thing. It's, it's kind of incomplete. Same thing with the Jaguars. You know, we just don't know what the rest of the receiving core is going to look like in some of those situations. And for the Jets and the Patriots, the quarterback situation. So um, they're, they're, they're all kind of wide open, in my opinion. Um, if I knew the quarterback for the Jets and the Patriots, I'd be a little bit more inclined to lean those two teams, especially the Jets, just because, you know, you want to talk about track record of offensive systems, you know, um, if, if LaFleur takes Kyle Shanahan's blueprint, that could be really good. I'd love to see John Smith or Hunter Henry end up with the Jets. Man, I, I know you have a Yankees hat because you wore it yesterday, but like, when are you getting your, when are you getting your Jets jersey? Um, we'll see. We'll see what they do. We'll see what they do. If if you were going to get a Jets jersey of one player, current, former, who would it be? So I have a, a buddy uh, who is a diehard Jets fan. And uh, so just to tie in the Yankees, the reason I was wearing the Yankees hat was because my, my son, my older son is on the Yankees Little League team. Well, my middle son, his team is the A's. And we had a little uniform snafu where they didn't show up on time because of uh, some of the weather situation that was going on in the country. So for the first game, the kids didn't all have their uniforms. So some of the kids had to wear just green shirts. So my buddy, who's the Jets fan, his son was wearing a Sam Darnold shirt. And he said, I should probably just have him wear the Darnold, because he had a great first game. He's four years old. He said, I should probably have him wear the Darnold shirt the entire season, uh, to which somebody else said, shouldn't you probably get him a, an upgraded <laughs> jersey? And I said, if I was a Jets fan, the only jerseys I would get right now would be Namath, Toon, or McNeil. I so, can't believe you said that because Al Tude would definitely be the guy I would get. I, I think well, I my, my youth, obviously, as as a Dolphins fan growing up, those Dolphins Jets games yeah. were epic. They I mean, were great. They were, you know, in the 30s almost every week. Marino and Ken O'Brien going back and forth, and Al Tune and Wesley Walker and Mark Duper and Mark Clayton. You know, the, those were like, in my opinion, you know, the the four best receivers I'd ever seen because I was a little guy. You know, so it was just <laughs> fun to watch those two teams go back and forth. Yeah, I was a little bit later, like more into the early 90s when we would go to the Dolphins-Jets games all the time, but my brother had an Altoon jersey, and I thought his name was very funny. So, Dave, one Jets player. You can have his jersey. Arf. <laughs> <laughs> my two-year-old has a book and that has Joe Klecko in it, and he loves Joe Klecko, and it's so funny. And he says, want be Joe Klecko, and then he tackles me. And yeah. Not Gatsna? No, Gaston's not in the book. Joe Klecko, the New York Sack Exchange, is, is in the book. Um, all right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we will read Jets 101 aloud to you and go through news and notes <laughs> and do a segment called Let's Not Forget. Let's Not Forget. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Just learning now that Mark Gastineau was also in the New York Sack Exchange. He is pictured in the book, but not labeled. Hey, dude, I was not born. When was that? That was in the 80s. Early 80s? Uh, Probably mid 80s, I would guess. Okay. I was born in 84. There's got to be somebody in the book wearing number 99. Yeah, I think he's in the picture with the New York Sack Exchange. Yeah, but, but <laughs> they love Cleco. I don't know. What to tell you. Uh, all right. So anyway, let's do the news and notes. Philadelphia owner Jeffrey Lurie wants the team to prioritize Jalen Hurts, make him successful rather than set up a quarterback competition. So I think that's reassuring, certainly, if you have Jalen Hurts. 
This is what Ravens GM Eric DaCosta said about Gus Edwards. He said he'll be on the Ravens this year, quote, one way or another, end quote. Uh, Dave, could Gus Edwards really have a big impact on J.K. Dobbins? Yes, he could take numbers away from Dobbins pretty easily. We've seen that uh, as recently as like their last few games of 2020. And it makes perfect sense. The Ravens are a very good running team. Why would they get away from that? They've got three guys that are awesome at it. Gus is one of them. And that's going to take work away from J.K. Dobbins. And it sucks because J.K. Dobbins is awesome. And I want him to have 35 touches a game. And uh, he would probably be like a fantasy MVP if that were to happen. But it's not going to happen because of Gus. Thanks, Gus. (laughs) Uh, Franchise tag stuff. The Jets franchise safety Marcus May. The Giants are going to franchise defensive tackle Leonard Williams. Pete Prisco has him as his number two free agent in his top 100. Uh, other stuff, Ryan Fitzpatrick, been conflicting reports, but the latest one is that he plans to play in 2021. And the two offensive linemen moved from, from overnight or this morning. Uh, the Dolphins acquired Isaiah Wilson. That's what Jamie was talking about. He was a first-round pick for the Titans. He's had all sorts of off-field issues, and they gave up on him already and the Dolphins got him for basically nothing remember the Dolphins got Laramie Tunsil for a lot more than that I think it was like the 15th pick or something but they gambled on a guy who had I don't know some character concerns as you remember the gas mask picture for Tunsil whatever but they he fell to them that worked out pretty well maybe they can strike well, Flores and Isaiah Wilson they went to the same high school not the same time obviously yeah but uh and you know according to reports the Dolphins were in on Wilson last year in the draft so it's this is very, you know, if you follow Flores and obviously coming from the Patriots, this is a very Patriots-like type move. You know, go get a guy who's got a bad track record or bad situation and see if you can resurrect him. And, and hopefully for Isaiah Wilson's case, the Dolphins will do that. And hopefully for Trent Brown, he can have his career resurrected by going back to the Patriots. They reacquired him from the Raiders. Trent Brown, offensive tackle. They got him in a seventh-round pick in 2022 for a fifth-round pick in 2022. Seattle. Seattle released Carlos Dunlap. He was very good for them last year. Helped their defense for sure. They'll try to re-sign him at a lower number. And yeah, you're going to hear a lot of that. Yes, in the coming week or so. Right. Veter- uh, veterans that are cut because of their cap, not because of their play. And Washington franchise tagged guard Brandon Scherf. Let's not forget. All right, I got five. Let's not forgets here. Things that are easy to forget throughout the course of a season. Christian Kirk. Forget-me-nots? Forget-me-nots, sure. Christian Kirk had six touchdown catches in a five-game stretch. This is the one I teased at the top of the show. He was coming on. I mean, look, his yards weren't great necessarily in those games. 19 yards, then 78, 86, 37, and 123. But he was a big play guy and fantasy-relevant for sure. And then two games later, Kyler Murray re-injured his shoulder, and that was really it for, for downfield passing for a while anyway and for Christian Kirk. He is the 61st wide receiver off the board in NFC drafts right now, 166th overall. Jamie, are we forgetting about Christian Kirk? I know you were excited about him during that stretch. I think if he ends up staying in his job as the number two wide receiver, you should be excited about Christian Kirk because there still is plenty of upside, especially entering his third season. But as Dave sort of alluded to, there is a chance the Cardinals are going to upgrade over Christian Kirk. Either they're not comfortable with him, they want to make him the third receiver, they have to eventually replace Larry Fitzgerald, who still hasn't made a decision if he's going to play. And so if they are heavily invested in the wide receiver market, draft, or free agency, that tells you where Christian Kirk is going to fall. If not, Christian Kirk's in a great spot, will be a great value pick. 61st off the board would be fantastic. If you get him as your fourth wide receiver, which I think is where he'll be drafted in redraft leagues at this point, you should be thrilled about that. Didn't they already try to replace him, kind of try and replace him in the 2019 draft when they took three wide receivers and then all three of them didn't pan out or at least one well, I mean, at that point they had no receiver. Sure. I guess. Um, I, I think he's a talented receiver. Replace Fitzgerald eventually. Excuse me. That's true. He's a solid receiver. He'll be good 20% of the time in fantasy. That's what his track record has been. He literally has to stay in this role and he has to get better in it in order to be anything better than a bench receiver in fantasy. Would you rather have Christian Kirk or Michael Gallup as it stands right now? Pretty sure I have Gallup ranked higher. Gallup. All right. Uh, let's not forget, and this is probably something that nobody knew, because who would even bother looking at this, but Rashard Higgins, he was second in the NFL in yards per target behind only Will Fuller. 
Now he had just 52 targets, so you have to keep that in mind, but 11.5 yards per target and a 71.2% catch rate. That's really good. And pretty similar to what Higgins did in 2018 with 53 targets, 10.8 yards per target. It was 11.5 last year and a 73.6% catch rate. I guess I'm saying you could make the case that Rashard Higgins is kind of a sleeper uh, as a talent based on those yards per target and, and catch rate. And let's not forget, and this one you might have known, nine games without Odell Beckham, he had more yards than Jarvis Landry. And Landry had 24, 22 more targets. Landry had a lot more catches, but he had 521 yards, and Higgins had 32 catches for 546 yards. So how about that? He is wide receiver 78 right now in NFC ADP. Obviously, David depends on what happens with Beckham. They said they want to bring him back, and, and they would say they basically want to have the same receiving core. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Higgins was was uh, a little underrated, I think, when Beckham got hurt. There's a report from Adam Schefter that Tom Brady wants Odell Beckham in Tampa. Why not? So if, if, if he leaves the Browns, first of all, imagine that. Imagine him replacing Chris Godwin. I guess that would be the case. In Tampa, that would be something. And then if, if that does happen where Beckham leaves, Higgins would have an opportunity to be an every-down player, be potentially the number one outside receiver in that Cleveland offense. Yeah, sure. There's a, there's a chance that he could be absolutely worth a late-round pick in fantasy to be a maybe even as high as a number three receiver, maybe a number three receiver in PPR and even like half PPR leagues. I mean, he could also end up going to a better place too if he decides to leave Cleveland as a free agent. And ends up maybe the team's gonna throw the ball more. Maybe the team that's gonna have not that Baker was a bad quarterback last year, but better quarterback play. You know, so Higgins has his choice. You know, we'll see if he can uh, parlay the the season that he had into you know whatever free agent money is out there for him. Um, it's it's probably tough to expect that knowing that the draft is so deep and he's not of the upper echelon of talents, but. If he stays in Cleveland and, and he does get a bigger role, then sure, he's going to end up being a, a decent, you know, late round super sleeper type of player. I just want to tell you all, from mathematical standpoint, six catches per game would be a ninety-six catch pace. So keep that in mind. In and let's not forget, in eight of the nine games that both Daniel Jones and Sterling Shepard were healthy, Shepard had at least six catches. In eight of the nine games, he was. You want to bring this up yesterday when we were talking about Daniel Jones? I thought that we had just enough Dato Jones yesterday, so how to get some in today's show. And we've already had enough today. The only exception for Sterling Shepard, well, this isn't about Dano Jones, it's about Sterling Shepard. The only exception in, the, in his nine healthy games was the Arizona game in week 14. And if you recall, probably don't. Let's not forget, Daniel Jones should not, people say he shouldn't have played that game. He was not healthy. So basically, he was six catches per game or more, Sterling Shepard, every time he and, and Jones were healthy. Uh-huh. And in 2019, he averaged 5.7 catches per game. So, How know, would Sterling Shepard have done with Jameis Winston? That, I don't think he would be a good fit with Jameis Winston. <laughs> no, no. But I, I love that this is an AFC team needs podcast and we got to the Giants. Uh, we're past the team needs. This is this is nothing. Oh, okay, this is just the free form section. I forgot that with the Cardinals too, but that's okay. Dave, yeah. this is let's not forget. This is the let's not forget. Let's not forget that. Yeah, we never forget about the Giants. In the past two years. Oh, that's such BS. I, it's like I have to do a podcast for 31 teams because when I bring up the Giants, you give me crap. All right, anyway. I just, I, this is why I do it for that reaction right there. My point is Sterling Shepard has been kind of a catch machine. Two yes. years in a row. And yes, we mentioned. consistently mention that when we talk about mid-round PPR receivers to start loading up your bench with. He's that guy. We do not consistently mention that. Almost every time when we get to that type of receiver, Sterling Shaw, his picture is next to PPR quality bench receiver in the fantasy football glossary. Okay, he, he's wide receiver 55 in ADP right now. No, it's great. Fantastic value. I'm not doing any more Giants talk for at least a month. Dragger, <laughs> no God. more Giants. I don't care if they sign... Tomorrow's the, NFC team needs. I don't care if they sign six huge free agents and cut Saquon Barkley. We're not talking about them until April. Kenyon Drake, let's not Adam, forget. Adam, what Giants jersey do you wish you had in your closet? I guess Manning. The, the three jerseys that I've owned in my life are Rodney Hampton, Jason Seahorn, and Odell Beckham. So That's worked out well for those guys. 
<laughs> Always like, I, I jinx them. I bonanza them. Absolutely. All right. Don't get a Pitts jersey, please. Okay. I won't. He's a gator. Oh, man. All right. Kenyon Drake. Him jersey, but you drop it. Let's not, let's not forget. Kenyon Drake's 27 years old, so he still could have a couple of good years left. He has two 50 catch seasons, and he's always been a pretty good, sometimes very good yards per carry guy, and he was averaging 4.3 yards per carry before his ankle injury in week seven. And let's not forget that in 2019, he was a total stud with the Cardinals. Last year, not as much because Kyler Murray stole all his touchdowns basically in the first half of the year. This is sort of uh, inspired by a conversation we had yesterday. But Dave, I'll open it up to you. Are we forgetting that Kenyon Drake is not far removed from being a pretty exciting fantasy prospect? I don't think people are that excited about him now. I don't think people are excited about him. I almost feel like he's the new Todd Gurley where you know he's got potential to do well. He had 10 rushing touchdowns last year. And you know that he's got a shot at a thousand total yards pretty easily if he's in an opportunity that allows him to score a bunch of touchdowns, get some decent carries, get some good work in. But he's he's just not popular. And it's because he's old and because last not old, year though. wasn't great. It's not old. He's he's old compared to where you would like your running backs to be. Well, that's you kind want of... your running backs to be young. You don't want them to be the closer they are to 30 or yeah. even to 28. The more you're like, oh, that's get the them number, away though. from me. That's the number. Remember, because we did the dynasty exercise last week. I thought it was 26, not 26 was the number that had. Right, and he's older than 26. 26 well, hold back. on, hold on. 26 was the number. Let's talk about the Giants, Dave. No, 26 was the number <laughs> that had the most top five finishes. 26 was the peak. But we still saw good years up to 28. You don't really want, there are exceptions, obviously, but you don't really want running backs that are that are 29 or older. But he's 27. So I still think, you know, I still think he might have a year or two, you know, left in him. Um, and it's possible. Don't forget, let's not forget, he has two fifty catch seasons. That's an important thing, too, is they just didn't use him in that role last year. Sure, but he still finished 25th in PPR points per game. And if he doesn't get re-signed by Arizona, that's two teams now that have said bye-bye to him. And where's he going where he can be a, a full-time back? Is is Atlanta going to open the doors for him? Maybe if he's cheap. And that could be the thing. That could be the thing that works in his favor, is that he might be willing to take a cheap one-year deal compared to Aaron Jones or Chris Carson and land in a good opportunity. And that could make him palatable for fantasy. I think all these running backs not named Aaron Jones are probably getting smaller deals. Maybe Chris Carson gets a, a, a mid-level type of situation, but with the salary cap being what it is, and that position being what it is, I think these guys are all going to end up taking, you know, whether it's a one-year situation yep. or, you know, a cheaper, you know, two, three-year deal. Uh, so he can go to Seattle and replace Chris Carson. That would be a good landing spot for him. He could stay in Arizona. I mean, you know, they may decide they want to just run it back again and and give him a one-year situation. That would be a good situation, good scenario for him. He could be the guy in Pittsburgh or the Jets, you know, some of the teams that we talked about that they decide to add a veteran like Kenyon Drake, who's not too old, not too broken down, but still has the chance to be, a starting caliber running back in the NFL and would end up being a decent fantasy option. So wherever Kenyon Drake ends up is going to be interesting to, to, to see. But if he goes to, let's say, if he goes to Buffalo, that's awful for all three of those guys. Yeah, you know, that's mm-hmm. really good. Right. You can see a situation I, like that. And I think even if he does end up in a great situation, I don't think people are going to find themselves reaching for Kenyon Drake on draft day. He'll be more of a settle for type of RB2. Okay, finally, let's not forget O.J. Howard. In his four games, had 146 yards. It's not a ton, but two touchdowns, only 19 targets. He was on pace for 76 targets. Obviously, that's not going to get it done, but he he found the end zone, and he was pretty good. And O.J. Howard averaged 13.3 yards per catch. How does that measure up? That's really good. Travis Kelsey just set a career high at 13.5 yards per catch. O.J. Howard set a career low at 13.3 yards per catch. He still continues to be, at the tight end position, a big playmaker. Uh, Mark Andrews has been at 16.2, 13.3, and 12.1 yards per catch. O.J. Howard, I'm assuming, better than Andrews throughout his career. Probably pretty close. So Howard's going to be, it seems like, an elite yards per catch guy. He showed it again. He was a, a lot better than Rob Gronkowski in the four games that they played together. He had about twice as many yards. Not quite, but not far from it. Um, and five more targets. So, uh, Jamie, O.J. Howard right now is tight end 28. Gronkowski is tight end 19. It's not a great situation if they're both there. But, you know, t- talk to me about O.J. Howard, obviously rehabbing from a very serious injury as well. 
That's the thing. What's the health? When coming off an Achilles, can you still be explosive? Uh, you know he's not going to be featured in this offense, even if Gronk decides to retire again. It's just not the case. I think even if Cameron Brait were still to stay there. So um, it kind of goes back to the same thing we've said about O.J. Howard for the last couple of seasons, really, since Bruce Arians went to Tampa. Set him free. Let him go somewhere else and see if he can flourish somewhere else. This isn't the right scenario for him. Uh, he did have some good moments last year, like you said. Uh, maybe it was the start of something for him. But coming off the injury in this offense with all these weapons, uh, I just don't see him having the upside of what some of these other younger tight ends may have and, and maybe even some of the veterans guy, veteran guys still. So if the reports are positive, you know, maybe take a flyer on him as a second tight end if your rosters are deep enough. But I just can't see him. Uh, unless he's 100% healthy and Gronk is gone, having a breakout season in 2021. What's the cap shape for the Bucks? I know that Brady might be restructuring, so that that gives them some. some they have room. space. I mean, you know, they talk about bringing everybody back. If they okay. Can, you know, depending like, on right, like they they've got some serious free back. agents that they want to bring back. Godwin is one of them. They can save six million and take a zero dollar cap hit if they let OJ Howard go. That's probably what I think is going to happen if Gronk decides to play. Free him that, yes. Let OJ Howard cook. I do want to see him somewhere else. I'm so curious about what his career could be like. I feel like this has been one of the most untapped uh, potential players. That's really, I could have found a better way to. Uh, Grammarly, this is the, one of the most underused players that we've seen sure. in a long time. I would love Put to Put him see on him. the Chargers or the Bengals or the Colts. Giants, the Gi- oh the Giants, yeah they they should sign Howard and draft Pitts, and keep and keep. Maybe they have a tight end thirteen personnel. But if they had that, if they did all those things, we wouldn't talk about them because this is a thirty-one team show going on uh, going forward. Let's not forget, people. There are six conference tournaments, six chances to win $10,000. You can fill out one conference bracket or all of them. It's up to you. Conferences we have, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, SEC, Big East. You can create a pool with your friends or fill out brackets for your chance to win $10,000 on the CBS Sports app. $10,000! Just go to the CBS Sports app or cbsports.com slash conference. And my friendly piece of advice to you, do not pick the Miami Hurricanes to win the ACC. You're not pick them to win anything. That is the extent of my college basketball knowledge. There, there you go. Good show today, guys. Thank you very much. Um, let's not forget we have another episode coming up on Thursday, and we have five episodes of FFT and five for the foreseeable future. Emery Hunt is going to join me uh, on the Thursday and Friday editions to break down some NFL draft prospects. We're going to do quarterbacks this week, and really, really looking forward to that. For Dave and Jamie and Ben, I'm Adam. Talk to you on Thursday on Fantasy Football Club.